Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. And as you guys know, my favorite day of the week is Finding Your Frequency Fridays right here from the Voice America Talk Radio Studios in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. It is October 25th, and... We're getting into my favorite time of the year. It's starting to cool off just a little bit. The nights are cooler. The days are perfect. And we're, we're working ourselves right into fall. And around the corner, we have uh, Halloween and, of course, Thanksgiving. We always talk about pie. Everybody likes pie for Thanksgiving. And we'll get a little bit more into that. But, you know, I want, I want to just, just want to start with this. Community, right? A group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So I think a lot of us get so busy with our day-to-day -day lives that we get disconnected from a sense of community and get disconnected from some of those components that make us who we are as human beings and have that sense of community, being around others and spending time with our neighbors. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about that today with our guest. We have Eric Amadio from Amadio Ranch here in studio, going to talk a little bit about how farm and how uh, those types of uh, uh, things that are slightly lost in today's society society help to regain and bring back a sense of community. Eric, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm a, a native here in Phoenix. I've been here my whole life, and uh, one of my favorite things to do is just uh, uh, hang out in the community and hang out with the, the people that are in the community. And uh, one thing that struck me very uh, hard when we lived in, in Levine and started living there was um, we got attracted to Levine because it was kind of an offshoot of Phoenix. It was, you know... 15 or 20 minutes from downtown, but it didn't have the feeling of being uh, living in Phoenix itself. And so that's the reason why we, we chose to live in Levine. And then I always told my wife, I will never live east of Central because I'm from West Valley. And so that's where we, we, we propped our roots down over there. And so I wanted to just uh, bring Eric Amadio on today and let's uh, kind of hear how he found his frequency in life and decided to start the farm and help bring that sense of community to Levine. So Eric, as you, as you think back about you know, some of the things that you've done and, and the trials and tribulations throughout your life, you know, um, let's kind of just start at the beginning and, and, and tell that story of how you guys ended up purchasing the farm and, and up to, up to now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a story we could talk a long time about. <laughs> um, you know, Levine's an interesting place. It, uh, what attracted me to the area um, was, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in small town Arizona. And small town Arizona, if you grew up, you know, back in the 60s and 70s here, was a very, very different thing that, than what we have going these days. But Levine still had the smell of that, you know, <laughs> literally in places because there's a lot of dairies out there. But, um, you know, it still felt like community. Um, I grew up a lot out in um, in Mesa, in a little little uh, town next to Mesa called Lehigh. Also, um, I grew up in Chandler when Chandler was tiny. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I remember going out there with my dad, and it was just like some farms. It was it was a mile <laughs> wide and about two and a half miles long. That was the whole of Chandler back then, and you know it was just a small area. You know, from um, really from Alma School all the way to the I ten was farms back then, and um, it was just a small area. Everybody knew each other. Uh, people took care of each other, mm-hmm. and um, it was a great place to grow up in. And so. You know, as I um, I got into my adult life, you know, moved into Central Phoenix, and that that was that was fun too. But I really missed the rural lifestyle. And uh, around the time of the real estate crash, um, we were lucky that we squirreled away a lot of money, and uh, or a fair amount of money, and we were in a position that we could take advantage of the the new lower prices in real estate. And so we, that that's what initially brought us to to Levine was that there was affordable land. You know, and um, but you know, it was interesting. It was very shortly after we purchased there, we we discovered that it, it, there was something very very unique about the area. Yeah, you know, it, and and from the spot that we we ended up purchasing, we purchased a place that was on the that's on the corner of Forty Seventh and Dobbins, which is right on right on a very prominent corner, and and very quickly we realized that. Um, that we couldn't do anything without everybody noticing. <laughs> yeah, that's true, especially right there in that location. Everybody knew our business. You yeah. know, if if we did anything, we'd have people stop by and go, hey, I saw that you did this. And we're like, wow, <laughs> this is very different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to trying to think of the genesis when we finally started yeah, farming you, that. But. I, I think, too, that that's probably some of the draw and the reason why my wife and I live in that area, too. Is, right. um, I grew up in, in Phoenix. My mom lives in, in Metro Phoenix at 35th Avenue in Glendale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up there my whole life, uh, except for my family's from Idaho. My mom's family's from Idaho. And so, so many different times a year, I get to go to, you know, this very small town in Idaho called Ryrie, right? Population, like maybe 800 if you're lucky uh, the closest large town which is still a small town was Idaho Falls and the way that that community was with their farming the way that the community was with each other um, and so I, I really like that idea behind that but because of what I do for a living, I can't go live out in rural America because I need to be able to get to downtown and to Tempe right, and that exactly. kind of stuff. And so that's why Levine had that kind of pull and draw for us because it was as close to that feeling as we could get, but still being able to you know get to work in a timely amount of time without using all kinds of gas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you know, r- real rural living is uh, is is a tough thing. Uh, we we have a lot of family out in small town. Illinois and in a lot of little places, and uh, it's very, very difficult to make a living in those small places. I mean, they really struggle a lot. Yeah. So being able to be in a place that feels small that's next to a major mo- metropolitan area is is a pretty neat thing. Well, and that's how Phoenix was for a long time, just Phoenix as a whole. You know, right. When I was growing up in the, uh, in the early 80s, uh, I remember when I would go down 35th Avenue with my mom and my dad, and 35th Avenue ended at Cactus, right? right? And it was just a whole bunch of desert after that. Right. And you know what is now the fifth largest metropolitan uh, region in the United States still doesn't feel like it's the fifth largest metropolitan, even though you get downtown and it's got high-rise buildings and all that kind of stuff. It still doesn't. It, it still doesn't have the same vibe as L.A. or Chicago or New York or any of those big towns, or even uh, or even like Houston. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, we, I lived uh, downtown in the Cano area for, for 20 years, and, uh, and it, it still felt, you know, it's not, it's not like Levine, uh, or it wasn't like Chandler when I grew up, but it still was a, a relatively friendly place compared to a lot of places in this, in this country. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. So when, when you guys were, uh, you saw the, the market boom kind of shift downwards and you started saying, hey, well, maybe we can make a move. What, what was it that said now is the time? Like when, when was that aha moment where you guys are like, all right, we're going to leave where we are now? And, right. you know, and how did you find that specific property? Like how did it come to fruition? Yeah, it was it was really an odd thing. My wife, my wife and I, we were new, newly married and um, she had her, her – or my stepdaughter had horses at the time and she was stabling the horses out in Chandler and it was costing four or five hundred dollars a month to stable and uh, we were looking to make a change I liked downtown a lot I lo- loved it I loved the the fact that that uh, you know when you left for work during the day you're generally going opposite of everybody else because everybody's yeah. usually coming into downtown so traffic wise it was great I liked the downtown I liked the availability of the um, the restaurants it's just lots of lots to do down there but um but i also i mean i i didn't grow up like i said i didn't grow up in the city and so when she said hey you know let's go look at 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 acreage um because uh we're paying you know 500 dollars a month and in stabling you know we could bring it bring that horse home and and save a lot of money i i just said okay with most things with my wife i just say well all right happy wife happy life happy wife happy life (laughs) so uh we started looking around started looking around a lot of places i i looked real heavily out in the lehigh area most people don't know where lehigh is it's it's a it's a very small uh mormon enclave right on the edge of the the salt river in between the salt river and mesa um, it's actually where the, the, the settlers uh, that were coming down um, from Utah ended up settling right there. And so that's, that's the re- reason for the uh, highly LDS name of Lehigh. Of Lehigh, yeah, right. straight out of the Book of Mormon. You got it, you got <laughs> it. So, and, um, and so we looked around a lot out there because I have just amazing memories from growing up uh, in my grandfather's uh, farm down there. And um, but it was just priced out. Even even in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, after the crash, it was still extremely expensive. And um, what ended up leading us to Levine was was a was a reasonable reasonable prices. Yeah. And um, we we found that the place that we ended up buying uh, went out to take a look at it, fell in love with it instantly, knew it was the place. Uh, talked to a realtor and it was already an escrow. Oh, like somebody was in the middle of purchasing Some, somebody it. Somebody was in the middle of purchasing it. It was um, a place that was being short sailed. It had been kind of abandoned for a while, but it had everything we were looking for. Um, it had a big shop. It had you know a decent looking house. We're not um, we're not wealthy people. You know, I'm a hardworking, just kind of blue collar kind of guy, and so. I didn't have, you know, $400,000 in the bank to go do a purchase something big. Uh, so it had to be something that was within our budget. And this one, we looked at a lot of places, and it's all kind of degrees of compromise. Yeah. And this one probably had the, the, the best compromise going. Um, but anyway, so it was in escrow, and it broke our hearts. We started looking around elsewhere, and um, couldn't just couldn't find anything, even in Levine, that was going to be in our price range that was going to be decent. Um, and then one day, we happened to just go back on, because we kept coming back that, oh, it doesn't compare to that place that we looked at. And we happened to look at it, and it was back on the market. And we made, a, made an offer that same day and uh, ended up getting it. And the rest is history, huh? The rest is history, Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's kind of interesting, too, about the Levine market. Uh, my wife and I have been there since 2008. And so we bought our house in 2008 for a pretty standard price at the time. And then a you year, bought it at the top of the market? A, well, it wasn't quite the top. It, it had started to come down, mm-hmm. right? And so I get a phone call from the real estate because we did. It was a new build yeah. and they're, from the agent. And they're like, oh, hey, we can't sell you your house for this much money. We have right. to lower the price. And I was like... Well, that's cool, but at the same time, some red flags started going off, and right. I'm like, "All right, whatever." I was like, "But I've already, you know, we had already put a our, our notice on the the condo that we lived in in Phoenix, and we were leaving. So we, you know, we've been going through this house building process for like eight or nine months, yeah. and I'm like, "All right, well, it is what it is. We've already done it. We're going, and we move in, and a year and a half later, our house was worth thirty eight thousand dollars, and I watched every homeowner on our entire block." except for maybe three people just got up and left and they didn't, they didn't pay their anything. And so then we ended up with all these delinquent houses. And so, and I told my wife at the time, I'm like, you know, we need to figure out something different at at some point. And once we can recoup our gigantic loss here. And so um, here we are, we're still working on recouping that loss. Um, But we kind of did the same thing. I grew up, uh, my mom has like a half an acre in over where she lives at 35th and Glendale. So I had, you know, uh, uh, tilled the the garden every uh, two times a year for my mom and did all that kind of stuff. And I miss being able to do some of those things. And uh, and so we started looking for some places kind of near where you guys are at. And we were just wanting like an acre or something like that and now it is so priced out of everyone's range that it's 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 really tough and so i think you guys struck at the right time and 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 got that piece of property which is probably one of the nicer pieces of property in levine by the way yeah you know it's got its downside but we kind of turned this downside into a into a positive in that it's on a busy corner and so there's a fair amount of road noise and traffic by it but we took that and made it into something that puts money in our pocket so it's a good thing and we get to meet everybody that's really everybody. it's not a, it's not about the money at all if it was about the money we would have gone off and done something else but well and that's one of the things i really like about what you guys do and why i started off the show with um, the definition of community because right. you you guys doing what you do gives the community a place to gather right. it gives us um things to do that we would have to go so far outside of our community to do um you know and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the different events that you have going on throughout the year sure. uh because i think those are extremely important and then of course we're definitely going to talk about pie uh because <laughs> that's one of one of my favorite things that you guys have it's an uh, american not to talk about pie. <laughs> gotta have pie. you have to talk about pie. so what we're going to do here guys we're going to take a quick commercial break um when we come back from the commercial break we're going to talk to uh uh, Eric Amadio about our favorite uh, sponsor of the week here, uh, which we'll, we'll talk to those guys about Circle. Uh, you can check out Circle at meetcircle.com forward slash frequency. Uh, again, that's meetcircle.com forward slash frequency. And we come back after the commercial break. We'll talk to Eric Amadio a little bit more about what's going on on the farm. Uh, fall is a great time of year for uh, these types of events. So when we come back, we'll talk about those. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Finding Your Frequency, Voice America Talk Radio. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join the revolution this week as they set out to hit both the woods and water. Joining the boys is Melissa Bachman from Winchester Deadly Passion. She'll share tips and the tribulation she faced on her recent moose hunt. Cat Daddy will give us a Midwest catfishing update. And Mrs. Bunny will wrap up with essential field care and aging deer on the hoof. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Shapeshift World was created to help business owners reach their maximum potential and achieve their dreams. We do this by focusing on the fastest path to cash through planning, product innovation, automation, and social media engagement. Businesses hire Shapeshift to change the way they communicate to their prospects, customers, and employees because their business results are lackluster and sales are not moving the needle fast enough. Using Codebreaker AI technology with our customers, we will change your company's communications and delivery approach to an organic style that cannot be unlearned and works for everyone. The bottom line, at Shapeshift World, we increase sales velocity by up to 300% systemically while reducing the time it takes to close the sale. To get your personality and company assessment a $100 value, just text code ME, C-O-D-E-M-E, to the phone number 72000 and connect with us. It's the first step in shifting the way you think to change the world. Text code ME to the phone number 72000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning into the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. 
connect with the show, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we're joined in studio today with Eric Amadio. We're talking about Amadio Ranch and some of the history behind the ranch and uh, their family picking it up in uh, in 2010 and all the different things that uh, you guys have been doing uh, since then in the community. And uh, I think one of the things that uh, we wanted to touch base on a little bit was just, you know, the historic nature for you on why this ranch is so important to you. Um, and, and, and why don't you tell us that? Well, like I was saying, I grew up uh, partially in Chandler and partially at my grandfather's place in, in this little little Mormon enclave of, of, uh, of Lehigh. And it was, it was a really neat place to grow up around because they still grew their own vegetables around there. They still, you know, almost everybody was on acreage there and uh, everybody grew, everybody shared, everybody canned. Uh, there was a serious sense of community around there. Um, I, I remember I, I'd go out there and I'd have a, a little motorcycle I'd run around on. And if I broke down anywhere in the three, four miles that is Lehigh, it's a pretty small place, uh, somebody'd stop and go, yeah, you're the Mario kid. Uh, come on, get in the car. You <laughs> yeah, know, and where, where, where could you do that? You know, anywhere else, and, and trust that this guy who says, you know, hey, get in my car. Yeah, is okay. Ry- Ryrie, Idaho is the only place I've right, ever seen. <laughs> right, right, and so that's just that's the kind of place it was. That's the kind of community uh, feel that it had all the time. Everybody knew each other. Everybody cared about each other. Everybody was self sufficient. Almost everybody had their own cattle, raised their own meat, raised a lot of their own foodstuffs, um, and so. When we, you know, purchased that piece of land, you know, farming really wasn't in my personal DNA. Uh, I mean, my, my family comes from a long lines of it, like most people's. I mean, yeah. agriculture was the way everybody survived until not too, you know, long ago. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I, I didn't purchase that piece of land with the idea of farming on it. But once we were in there, it just, there's this funny little nag that goes, you know, you've got all this land and here we're growing grass for horses. And it sure is a lot of land to just grow grass yeah. for horses. <laughs> and so, you know, slowly I, I just started kind of grabbing my kids and, and I wanted to give them the experience of growing things that I had when I was a kid. Because my, my father, even though we didn't live on acreage in Chandler when I grew up, he still grew things. We always grew things. It just was in, yep. like I said, in that DNA. And so we started growing things. And um, and it the the combination we're we have flood irrigation SRP flood irrigation system there, which is just magic when it comes to growing things. Everybody sees flood irrigation and thinks it's wasteful, but it's a it's a process that was set up that's specifically tailored to the problems that we have here in Phoenix with growing things. Um, you, you interested in hearing about that, or oh, yeah. I, 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 I get real geeky on this stuff? It's yeah, pretty well, interesting. I think I think that's you know kind of a similar story for the way that I grew up with my mom over over in in Phoenix too. Is you know she came from a really small community in that space. And so I grew up my whole life picking the beans and the potatoes right. and helping mom can exactly. and, you know, doing all those things. And for us to have a little house in 35th Avenue in Glendale was pretty almost self-sufficient itself. And, right. uh, you know, I, I also, I also don't know exactly the words to describe this, but 
when you've got to get up early in the morning and you've got to go get dirty so that way you can have an end result that you won't be able to recoup for months at a time, um, it also teaches you something about yourself that you can't really learn without doing that. For sure. I mean, in the in, in hard work and especially in growing, the amount of just natural learning you do about yourself, that you do about about nature and honestly about God is is huge. I mean, you can you can see God in, in growing things. Yeah. You know, growing it from seed all the way up and it and it's amazing. Um and for kids, and I have to admit, a lot of the reasons that we ended up doing what we were doing was for our kids. Because we wanted to give them um, some tools. Um, you know, it's a crazy world out there. Yeah, there's no telling where you go. You know, we we've uh, we've stepped out of the you know the kind of the Stone Age for a few hundred years here, but really life's usually pretty rough out there. You know, and I think it only takes uh, one slip of a crazy dictator or something around the world for yeah. all of that to just go poof. Right. And so some skills about like, you know, being able to grow some food are pretty valuable. I don't care if they never use them. I really like the idea that mm-hmm. they have some of those skills or at least got to watch them so they'd have a fighting chance if, if the world kind of turned sour. Yeah. You it's know. good to have some kind of a fallback plan or a parachute, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And actually, you know, I, I make, I always make this kind of a funny story, but when we first moved to Levine, it felt very redneck out there and parts of, <laughs> parts of Levine can be pretty redneck. And I thought, well, what's the most redneck thing you can possibly do? What do you think? A mud bog. Nah. (laughs) You'll learn how to make moonshine. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, it was a pretty fun exercise. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm not a drinker. (laughs) I'm I'm obviously LDS. And so, but the the making of alcohol is fascinating and actually has a lot of uses. And it's one of those things that uh, if the world went poof, it would still be valuable. Yeah, that's true. It yeah. might even help run your tractor. Right, right. It has a ton of uses, for, from antiseptic to, to medicinal to all kinds of things. Alcohol is one of those important things of civilization. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So as you think back about all the hard work and stuff that you guys have put in to, into the farm, at what point did you decide to start doing the whole seed to table kind of concept and, and move away from growing the grass? Right. So, uh, you know, I started pulling the kids out and said, hey, you know, we need to start growing things. So we started growing things. And it, the, the ground was was very fertile. Um, it, it was uh, very abundant. And how, how it kind of naturally present, progressed, we didn't plan to sell. I mean, if you asked me 15 years ago if I was going to be in the business of selling farm, farm-grown produce, I would have laughed my head off. But um, <laughs> how, how it progressed is we started growing for ourselves. We had lots. Um, you know, we would give them away to our neighbors uh, until the neighbors would kind of hide when you'd come up to the door because they were sick of zucchini or whatever. <laughs> and so uh, one day, I can't remember if it was my wife or I, but we just came up with the idea, hey, throw a little A-frame out at the street. We're on a major street. Let's see if anybody wants to buy some of this stuff. And people started just showing up. And the that interaction of, of giving people something that you, you grew, you took time to grow, and it's high quality, there's this smile that comes up upon people. They're happy to get it. And that, that making people happy uh, through something that you felt was very valuable in, in the doing of it is very addicting. Yeah, and I think you've quickly learned that you're not in the farming business. No. You're in the, you're in the, uh, the I'm, selling, I'm selling myself. Right. And 
and making people happy business. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it's a funny thing because for years, in, 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 as we started kind of just expanding, it, it wasn't anything that was ever planned. Nothing, nothing about this venture was ever planned in the least. It just kind of happened organically. But um, yeah, just little by little, it, it, it really is that addicting thing of, you know, ooh, that made them happy. What else can I do that's going to make them happy? You know, what, what else can I do? And it really just kind of fit in with the, the feel of the area. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people understand this about Levine, but Levine is this tiny little place that doesn't have its own central government. So there's no, like, um, place where you have, like, community events. There's just nothing like that that goes on. There, there are some, some different groups. The Levine Lions do a great job of doing some different community events, but there's, it isn't like living in Chandler where there's, there's always a city government that's planning ways to yeah, bring no, people there's together. There's no Levine Community Center. Right. Yeah. Right. They're actually planning ones. You know that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. That should be good. But yeah, traditionally, it's just been a, um, it hasn't been a lot of that stuff. And, and we just really kind of wanted to do something that was very Levine, uh, very just what was kind of floating around in the air out there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Levine is a very unique place. I was reading an article about it, like even uh, like f uh, the, the police activity, the fire activity, all that stuff is serviced by the city of Phoenix. But right. they don't have to do that. Well, it depends on the area. Like Levine was traditionally all uh, county island. It wasn't incorporated. But most of the areas now where you see the new developments, those are all incorporated within Phoenix. But like the farm, our farm does not lie within the city of Phoenix. It's unincorporated. Yeah, I noticed uh, there's been a, a big shift too. Like when you just see like the uh, the police that are patrolling and stuff like that, I see a lot more Phoenix PD than I used to when we, right. you know, earlier in Levine's time when it was mostly patrolled by uh, the sheriff's department. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the sheriff's department pre spread pretty thin out there. Yeah. I mean, I had one of my kids get in an accident out there, and I think we waited three hours and then finally gave up on the sheriff's showing up. Yeah. They're just they're spread <laughs> incredibly thin. The last time I came to one of your events, um, it was the pumpkin patch, I believe, on the 12th. Uh -huh. And we were at soccer over at Cesar Chavez, and so we got done with the soccer game. And so we come out 35th Avenue and go back up Dobbins towards your house. And I'm looking, I'm like, what? is that and it was a mail truck came out of the mail facility and flipped up and into this. the into the, <laughs> the uh, into the ditch water flowing <laughs> across the hood of it and uh yeah. i was like wow i wonder if he's gonna get fired because i didn't see any other cars like i didn't see there was an accident or anything that happened and just that's the yeah. best thing about living rural is people in the ditch i mean people in the ditch. you aren't really redneck unless you've been in the ditch once or twice i haven't yet and I'm not, not really looking forward to it. It looks like it would be pretty violent. We used to go back, to, uh, when I used to go back to Idaho all the time, and I still do a couple times a year, uh, we used to do what's called canal surfing. Uh, and we would get these plywood boards and put them in the canal and attach a rope to the bridge. And then you could surf yeah. on the current of the uh, of the canal. It was pretty fun. Right, right. Well, you know, I, when I said I hadn't been in the ditch, I meant with a car. I grew up in ditches. <laughs> so out, out in, 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 in Lehigh, where I, where I, you know, half grew up, that, that was tradition. Everybody swam in the ditches. Everybody. Yeah. And it was a dangerous thing because my dad, as we drive along, he said, yeah, that kid died over there when I was, you know, when I was five and all the rest of this stuff. Be careful. But we all swam in the ditches. That was, in the, back in the day, that was the only way to cool off. There was no swimming pools yeah. in phoenix nobody had swimming pools except for rich people everybody else swam in the ditches so yeah. I, I grew up and it was the best 
Yeah. It was the best. When they used to do the irrigation out on the farm in Idaho, and we would just go play in that. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, with the They had the tubes that come out, right, to fill up the, the, the water areas yeah. in there. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, uh, it was. Kids really miss out these days. I know it was kind of dangerous, but, man, we ha- I had a great, great childhood with that kind of stuff. And the kids can't even ride in the back of a pickup truck anymore. Oh, I don't know. I have my kids right in the back of a pickup truck all the time. Well, not like we used to, sitting on the wheel well. Well, no, no, no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and Aaron sending me gifts of trucks playing in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always good. So fall is my favorite time of yeah. year. Uh, my birthday is in October, so it was, it was earlier. Uh, my uh, my anniversary is in October. Uh, so I just love fall because fall means a lot of family to me, right? It begins the time where you're, you know, doing all these fun family activities and Thanksgiving and then leads into Christmas, which is like the ultimate family uh, uh, piece. But that kind of brings me back to uh, our sponsor for the show today, Circle. Um, When you want to take care of your family all the time and you want to make sure that, you know, they're not spending too much time on their cell phones or on their tablets or on the computer or smart TV, any of those connected devices, uh, it can be a little cumbersome as a parent to manage all of that. And so one of the cool things that uh, uh, Circle has is, a, is a, a device that plugs in at your house where you can control all of those activities. So if you're struggling to make sure that five more minutes doesn't turn into five more hours, uh, you can use Circle to set some limits at the end of screen time uh, and, and help that with your kids once and for all. Kids have so many online distractions, Fortnite, yeah, Snapchat, yeah, Instagram, eh, TikTok. Not a good one either. YouTube, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, the list goes on, but anyways, but the point is, is there's just so many of those devices and so many applications and sites out there that you want to make sure that you can kind of control uh, what's happening. So Circle is the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all their connected devices. With the Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed, set limits for screen time, and monitor history and usage. Keep track across every connected device from laptops, phones, tablets, and smart TVs, and you'll never have to worry about your kids again with circle you have one less thing to have to manage that's always like right always looking for one less thing to manage always a beautiful thing right now our listeners can get $30 off a circle home plus when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency and enter frequency at checkout again 30 bucks off when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency and enter the code frequency at checkout so now that we have that out of the way, uh, you know, family's important. That's why I wanted to, you know, talk about that because fall is my favorite time. I brought my daughter over to your event at the pumpkin patch and uh, we got to go into the area and go find us a pumpkin and then go slide down the slide and then buy two or three things from the vendors that were there and go home with a half a pie, right. you know, and uh, that's just so much fun to do. How do you guys, how do you guys keep track of all these events you know, and still, I mean, I, I, you, you still work a regular job too, don't you? Right, right. How do you, how do you keep track of all that? Uh, you know, luckily it's my wife. My wife uh, made the decision, um, oh, God, I can't remember, five, six years ago that she was going to uh, retire from her career and um, and she wanted to stay home and take care of the family. Little, to know, little did she know that, that she'd end up mainly taking care of, like, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so she, she manages most all that stuff. She manages the pie kitchen. She... Uh, you know, she does pretty much everything because, like you said, I do have a day job, you know, and I, I work four days a week. Uh, Far, farm manager? Is yeah. That, is that her title? She's everything manager. <laughs> She's amazing. I don't know how she, you know, the, women can multitask in ways that I can never do. 
but I have my talents too. You know, I, I she she couldn't farm. It's not her thing. It's not. I mean, she 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 can make a good stab at it, but she doesn't. The focus of a male mind and and farming is a good thing. Um, but she she handles just like all the multiplicity of stuff that's going on that I could never do. Um, yeah, she's she's pretty amazing like that. How do you get the kids involved on the farm? What what do they what do they do? My own kids or all the rest of the kids? All of them. <laughs> Sense of community, right? Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, the kids, um, it's been kind of an evolving thing, but uh, we, we have a lot of kids that uh, we've involved from, from our church groups, and um, they're great. We get to take a lot of these kids at a young age and really kind of teach them some amazing skills that they'll really be able to use in their life. I mean, I think back to myself at, at 14, 15, 16, and being able to interface with random people that are just walking by a booth or out at one of our truck events or whatever and really talk to them and have a conversation and and, and work sales skills, uh, I had I never had any of that. I mean, just, just the idea until I was probably about I don't know, 25, 30 years old um, of, of talking to a, another, uh, an adult and uh, doing it in a way in which my voice wasn't shaking and all the rest of that stuff was, you know, that they can do it now is amazing. Yeah, that's one thing uh, my grandfather used to say to uh, like my mom and our family all the time was, you know, you, you got to get kids out and about all the time, take them everywhere, do everything so yeah. they can get exposed to all those things. My right. my grandfather owned Winter Circle Vitamins, which is a horse racing supplement. And I'd be like eight years old in the in the van with all these vitamins going to the, the horse track. And my grandpa would be like, hey, go over to that barn and go over to that barn and tell them that we're here and that we right. have vitamins. And um, I think back about some of those things and some of those experiences are extremely helpful just to have a proper conversation with a person and, and be able to do that. So yeah. that's great that you it probably made that you a lot of who you are. Probably, literally. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's those I, those experiences <laughs> when you're young and and being able to get on your feet that way and use your voice. I think my mom will tell you for sure that once I started talking, I haven't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've taken some pretty shy kids and really brought them out of their shell, and I, it's it's a lot of fun. I didn't expect that working with um, with other people's kids would be as rewarding as it is. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's it's really neat to watch them develop and grow up. I mean, we've had we've had a number of them that that you know we met when they were fifteen or sixteen, and they're now off onto their on their lives in college, and and it's fun. I mean, and, and our customers too, they get very attached uh, to a lot of our kids. A lot of them are out um, on the trucks in different places like Awatuki, and everybody gets to know them and loves them, and they love seeing that you know they gone off to college and like seeing pictures of what they're doing. Yeah. It's very much a family thing with us. That's awesome you know and and for the most part any of the kids that that we employ it's because we know them you know we don't we don't i don't it's uh, the the farm is so enmeshed with our home that strangers really just don't work well so we kind of have to know you so it is it is very much a family thing that's awesome so we're on air live right now with Eric Amadio from Amadio Ranch. And we have uh, some some quick commercial break that we need to get to here. So we'll take that now. And then when we come back, we'll talk about all the all the things that you guys have at the farm. We'll talk about the peach trucks and the other events that you have going on for the rest of the year. And uh, just kind of close out the show with what I think is my favorite thing that you guys have. Those peach trucks are awesome, right? Well, so we got to talk about those. And we'll explain a little bit about those and why they are the way they are. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join the revolution this week as they set out to hit both the woods and water. Joining the boys is Melissa Bachman from Winchester Deadly Passion. She'll share tips and the tribulations she faced on a recent moose hunt. Cat Daddy will give us a Midwest catfishing update. And Mrs. Bunny will wrap up with essential field care and aging deer on the hoof. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Shapeshift World was created to help business owners reach their maximum potential and achieve their dreams. We do this by focusing on the fastest path to cash through planning, product innovation, automation, and social media engagement. Businesses hire Shapeshift to change the way they communicate to their prospects, customers, and employees because their business results are lackluster and sales are not moving the needle fast enough. Using Codebreaker AI technology with our customers, we will change your company's communications and delivery approach to an organic style that cannot be unlearned and works for everyone. The bottom line, at Shapeshift World, we increase sales velocity by up to 300% systemically while reducing the time it takes to close the sale. To get your personality and company assessment a $100 value, just text code ME, C-O-D-E-M-E, to the phone number 72000 and connect with us. It's the first step in shifting the way you think to change the world. Text code ME, to the phone number 72000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Finding Your Frequency right here live on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're here with Eric Amadio talking about Amadio Ranch and the cool things that these guys have. Before we went to commercial break, we were touching base a little bit about the peach trucks that you guys have out there on the farm. And, uh, you know, when I drive by your farm, I see those peach trucks and that's kind of in my mind uh, like a branding statement for you guys as, and what you do, number one. Number two, I love old vehicles. Uh, I used to I used to re restore and fix old Fords and Chevys with my father when I was growing up. So when I see those you know, older trucks, uh, it, it feels uh, nostalgic to me and makes me really feel a piece of my childhood. Um, and so I've always gravitated towards those trucks that you guys have. So what's what's the story behind those trucks anyways? Oh, it's interesting. You know, as we as we started building the farm, um, we were always looking for some way to make ourselves different. I mean, in, in any business, I mean, you can you can grow the best ear of corn and it doesn't matter if you don't have some way that makes you distinctly different from the other guy growing a good ear of corn too mm -hmm. and um so you know marketing was something that was always on my mind I, i'd seen other people doing some interesting things and uh it was actually there there's a a company in tennessee uh called the peach truck and uh, i looked at what they were doing and they are were just absolutely they had um, such a, um, an amount of people that were crazy about what they did. And I started looking at what they did. They had kind of an, an older truck that they called their peach truck. It really wasn't a very cool truck. It was an old Jeep or something like that. It was a Jeep truck. It wasn't an actual, like, you know, CJ7 or anything. Like a Comanche, the something old, the old like Jeep that. Comanche, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, they had somebody in their family that had a Georgia peach farm. It wasn't an organic peach farm or anything like that. It's just a commercial peach farm. And these two guys, this ma man and wife, they were marketing majors. And they decided as kind of an uh, 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 educational exercise to try to, to do this marketing thing where they were going to market their, their, their like cousins or uncles peaches. And so they come up with this idea the peach truck and these guys were killing it killing it even though they didn't have anything that was even unique but they had the marketing wherewithal to to package this up into this unique package and and i saw that and i went well wait a minute we're actual peach farmers we actually have something that's very very unique and uh and and arizona peaches are very very different than the the peaches from elsewhere the heat that we have out here concentrates the sugar in them and they're the sweetest peach you'll ever have as i so so i saw what they're doing and i went wait a minute okay we got to jump in this game if they have a truck that they go around and that's their gimmick, I can have a better truck, <laughs> right? Because their truck isn't even cool. Uh, so, so you know, we said, well, let's 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 go down this road. And so, we ended up we ended up, ended up buying our first truck. It was a 1966 uh, three quarter ton Chevy pickup truck with a flatbed on the back of it. And we kind of started down this road, and, and we now have five trucks. Um, four of them are running. One, one we haven't gotten to yet. It's 1941. It's a cool truck, but it's going to take some time. And we take these trucks out on the road. We do uh, different what we call farm markets, which are a little different than a farmer's market. Farmer's market are a conglomeration of different vendors that get together. When we do our farm markets, we just do them by ourselves. We like to say that we are the farmer's market. We have all the stuff 
that you come to a farmer's market for, which is actual, you know, produce from local a farm. produce, yeah. you know. And so, like, you know, we, we do one today, this afternoon, we'll have one out in Ahwatukee. We have one in, in, in Saturday morning in Ahwatukee and in a different spot in Ahwatukee. We have uh, one downtown. We have them all over the place. And one in Gilbert tomorrow. And, uh, and we just go off and we set up off of the side of our truck. One of the sides of the, the flatbed folds down and we have a display. We'll have three or four tents and, and tables and all this stuff. It's kind of a mini farmer's market. Yeah. And it, they're, they're a lot of fun. It allows us to, to get out and get our branding out into the wider world uh, and um, try to establish, you know, that, that familiarity with the brand. Have you ever had somebody who was in, like, Ahwatukee or Gilbert or had come to one of your events out there actually drive all the way across town to oh, your Oh, all farm? the time. Yeah? All the time, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that, and that's the point of the peace trucks. Yeah. Is to get, because get, um, the peace trucks are expensive to run. We make the least amount of money on what we're selling on the peace trucks. Because every time we send out the peace trucks, um, it costs a lot of money in, in insurance and in, like most of our most of those old trucks get like somewhere between seven and eleven miles to the gallon, <laughs> and and their maintenance nightmares they they break down a lot, you know. But um, yeah, so the idea is really to build the brand, hopefully to attract people straight to the farm where where it's the least amount of money to sell things. And then coming up here uh, November, you guys have your fall festival, which will be the ninth through the twenty third. What does that entail? Fall festival in November. I actually don't know. I'd have to take a look at that. We have so many different events. Well, apparently we'll be able to enjoy the fall colors on the farm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I actually don't know anything about that. <laughs> I'll have to talk to my wife. <laughs> yeah, see, you're, you're too busy farming. <laughs> too busy. Busy with all yeah. kinds of things. I, it has so many different tentacles these days. You know, and I think my favorite thing uh, about what you guys do at the farm is the whole Santa Claus events that you have yeah. out there. They're, you know, absolutely amazing. We've been... Um, going out specifically for the Santa one since our daughter was born because there was a specific reason to go. Right. Um, and she she doesn't know any other Santa. We haven't gone any other place since she's been born right. for her to go see Santa Claus during Christmas time. And so um, it's it's a it's a wild kind of year because everybody gets amped up about all those. And, and like, I can always eat apple pie. And so, right. and, and, and your peach pie is amazing too. What are, um, what are some of your favorite experiences just like during the Christmas holidays when the community comes out? Because it seems to me like that's where you guys get the biggest turnout of community is during those Christmas events. For sure. And we get a lot of turnout at all the different events. But, yeah, the Christmas events are really special. We and we, I think Ryan here mentioned we make a lot of pies. That's, we, we, uh, we, we move a lot of pies. It's my wife's um, – old family recipe that's something we stumbled into a few years ago and it's become you know probably i don't know 60 70 percent of the business now is is our pie sales but um the lady one of the ladies who works in the the reason i bring up pies is one of the ladies who works in the pie kitchen with us and has from the very beginning her husband happens to be a professional santa and he approached us and said hey you know there's nothing out on the west side and especially in levine for kids to come and see santa and i want to you know let's throw a free event here for for the kids and i'm like i'm all in anytime it's an event that's gonna gonna bring people together um i'm all in on those things so we, we we did our first one and it was just huge 
huge. And people really, really loved the idea of being able to come and have a first-rate Santa they got to see in a, in a, in a really family environment that the farm is, and, and they didn't cost them anything. There's, I mean, there's a lot of lower-income people around South Phoenix that just can't simply afford to go to the mall and spend money getting stuff done. So, you know, all, all of our events are free, but especially the Santa one, it's really important that that's free. People come, they take their own pictures, they have a good time. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really liked about it, and the pie. I, I can't right. stop talking about the pie. Right. And uh, so my wife will always be like, "Oh, hey, there's these events coming up. Do you want to go?" And I have to tell her, "I'm like, you don't even have to ask me. Like, I'm right. in. I'm in every time." <laughs> uh, and then you, you guys have really grown that too over the yeah. over the years. I mean, or you know, like in. You know, 2012 and 13, that you guys were still doing that, but it's not like what it was this last year. I went there, I, there was hundreds and hundreds of people there. It was, right. it was huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, at, the, at the Santa events, we can have two or 3,000 people show up on any day. Um, it, it, can, it gets really big, and it's kind of daunting, but everybody manages it and does really, really well. Um, yeah, in... in it's pretty incredible. It's, it's just really kind of grown and grown. And it's just like everything else we've done. Look, it makes people happy. Well, what else can we do to make people happy? And it just kind of grows. What are you guys going to do about parking? The parking has always worked itself out pretty well. And, you know, that was something that we were really nervous about when we kind of first started doing big events there because all the parking at the farm is all out on the street. And uh, we wondered if people would manage it well. You know, you have to, you know, depending on the crowds, you, you might have to walk I don't know, couple, not not couple, a quarter of a mile, couple blocks, but, three yeah, blocks, a couple blocks yeah. in, but it's free. I mean, you got to schnapp, you're going to pay <laughs> a bunch of money, and you're still going to have to walk in on one of the busier days. So people manage it. I mean, we've kind of looked at at you know how people react to it. Everybody's always been real happy with it. So. Yeah, that's good. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just a super lucky person, but whenever we come and it's it's our like you know the time that we come, I always end up getting there right as somebody else who had somebody this prime parking space is leaving, and yeah. I'm able to slip in there. So maybe I'm just real lucky. And then the one year I brought my 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 grandmother was here from Idaho, uh, and so we took her over to the farm, and uh, it was before they were building all the houses mm. that were over there. So you guys used to be able to park in that little lot over there, and now yeah. now that that's not there. But um, my grandmother had such a good time coming to the event and just um, you know just experiencing that she's from small town you know Idaho and to be right. able to go somewhere that she could see some of the community that was happening right. was amazing and that's so, what it's all about though yeah. I mean it, you walk around that event and you see everybody having a good time and uh, you know it's just it's like this is it yeah you know that's what it's all about we're here with Eric Amadio from Amadio Ranch in Levine. We only got a couple of minutes here, so I want to implore all you guys that are listening in the Phoenix area or anywhere for that matter, go to AmadioRanch.com. Go check out their website. Uh, you can see all about the peach trucks and different events that they have there on the website. Uh, and then here in the in the near-term future, we're going to be uh, working together on the, uh, on being able to get some pies out of the out of the area, right? You guys have some plans on being able to get some of your stuff outside of the local area. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we We've been working for just shy of two years on getting our commercial kitchen designation, and that'll allow us to ship pies out of state. And that's something we're working on. Uh, we can already ship jams and, and our ro- local raw honeys and that sort of thing out of state, but we're, we're really working on uh, being able to do it with the pies. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time coming into the studio with us today on the show. Uh, 
You guys are ever out in Levine, 47th Avenue in Dobbins. Go check it out. It's a great place. Uh, they got the stand. It's open all the time. You can come by there, grab yourself some eggs and some peaches or whatever's in season at the particular time. Right. Their corn is amazing. And uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Eric for joining us on the stu- uh, here in the studio again. AmadioRanch.com. Go check out the website. You guys are listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on Voice America Variety Channel, the leader in live internet talk radio.